0: You're listening to Legally Bliss Conversations. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys, the ones who question the stories they've been told the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll impact the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. Well, hey there. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Legally Blissed Conversations Conference Room, which is a regular roundtable where we get together to discuss an impactful subject matter that we think will help our audience better navigate life and law. My name is Susie Hickson, and I'm a trademark attorney and the founder of Legally Blissed. While female attorneys seem to be incredible advocates for others, they seem to struggle with self-advocacy. Hence, the Legally Bliss community was developed to give female attorneys a platform to collaborate and support each other. So in today's conference room, we're going to discuss how thinking we need to work harder actually hinders productivity. For today's discussion, I'm thrilled to welcome Dina Cataldo, Karen DeZort, and Diana Schiphol. Dina is a former prosecutor and has tried dozens of jury trials, Ranging from DUI to homicide. After a breast cancer diagnosis at 29, Dina realized that breast cancer was the best thing that ever happened to her when chemo seemed like a vacation compared to her 70 hour work weeks. Now, Dina offers one on one coaching to lawyers committed to finally changing their lives for the better. Karen, with over a decade of experience in corporate transactions, has worked with every type of business, from side hustlers to raising millions of dollars and taking companies public. Today, she helps entrepreneurs get legally legit through her law firm, Not Your Father's Lawyer. Diana is a family law attorney and partner at the female-founded law firm of Martine, Katz, Galen, and Schimmel. Diana helps her clients navigate the divorce process. And the other side of her practice It's family building through adoption and surrogacy work. Welcome again, ladies. I am so happy you all are here to discuss this with me today. Again, we're talking about thinking we need to work harder actually hinders our productivity. So I want to start with Dina. Dina actually suggested this particular topic, and she's also a coach. And I have a feeling that this particular topic might come up for her clients Um, uh, quite often. So I'm curious, Dina, what prompted you to discuss, um, to want to discuss this particular topic?
1: Yeah. You know, this is something that I see a lot in my clients and it's something that I experienced a lot Mm -hmm. because, and I'm sure all of you ladies are the same way. We're all very high achieving women. We want to perform well. We want to do all of the things and we want to do them at the highest level we really have incredible expectations of ourselves and we've actually met a lot of them. We have become very successful in our own worlds. And one of the things that is on repeat in a lot of our brains at times is I should be working harder. I haven't hit the next level, the level that I want to take myself to, the the level that I know I'm capable of. And in order to hit that level, I need to work harder. And because I see this so frequently be the roadblock or one of the roadblocks from hitting that next level for so many of the lawyers I work with, and it was for me too, it's something I thought was really important. And I'm really glad that we decided, you decided we were going to have this conversation.
0: Yeah. So I was giving this, this topic, some thought. Um, let me ask you this question, Dina, this, I think that you, because you're a coach, you might also be able to help me with this. Would it be accurate to say thinking we need to work harder inevitably leads to overwork?
1: Yes. I'm just going to say unequivocally. Yes.
0: Okay.
2: Just yes.
1: um, (laughs) I mean, like this is this is the reason as I see it is because we're so high achieving, there is this push. Like it's not just driven, right? Like I help driven lawyers, you know, achieve goals, but it's not just driven, it's almost like this sadistic (laughs) kind of like push that we grind ourselves in. And as I see it, it's because we're judging ourselves so hard for not yet achieving whatever it is we want to accomplish. Like there's just so much judgment in that one phrase. Like I should be working harder Mm -hmm. that we put a weight on our shoulders that will not allow us to hit that next level.
3: Yeah. I couldn't agree with Dina more. I think Dina, you summed up the psyche behind us and, and others like us. You know, to give you from my own personal experience, I'm in an area of law that has the highest level of burnout. Family law is extremely emotionally taxing because we're really shouldering some emotion that maybe the corporate or the transactional fields don't don't see. And we're the first stop sometimes for people. So they don't necessarily have that therapist or that best friend or that divorce coach yet to help them through it. So we're getting a lot of it. But um, when I was in my prior partnership before I joined um, MKSS, I felt exactly what you just described, that I had to do more, push harder, work an extra hour, bill the extra dollar and and do it really to the detriment of, of myself. And what I think pushed me to slow down was I had a baby and my priorities shifted and I, similar to what Susie said in your introduction, I looked at maternity leave and sleep deprivation as my vacation. It was easier <laughs> for me to do that than what my high power job was was pushing me for. And, and really in taking a step back and looking at why I was doing that, it was exactly what you just said. I felt like I hadn't fully achieved despite actually having an extremely high level of success. And I thought that more time, more you know, commitment was better. But now I'm on the other side of maternity leave. I'm on the other side of a pandemic. I'm with a new partnership and I'm actually more productive. Our firm is more successful than I was in my last partnership because I actually scaled back and started valuing rest and started valuing the other balancing parts of it and not always constantly having the wheels turning in my head to do more, 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 more. I started becoming more present in what I was actually doing And it was like an aha moment. I surprised myself that it got better and it was more manageable.
2: I think that what's interesting that has always resonated with me is that the nature of the legal industry with the billable hour kind of rewards that type of more, 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 that that's the point we have to. I mean, aside from the insane billables that are often required of attorneys that it's it really checks in your mind you know i'm i'm functioning in 6 minute increments i have to bill x amount this day or this month or this year that's going to get me whatever a bonus a partnership track job you know whatever that next achievement will be so it's really ingrained in our minds because of the nature of the industry and i know that you know some Firms are shifting some of those priorities. And I do think that especially with women, when they become mothers, it becomes this kind of wall that you kind of run straight into that I know that I had a very similar experience that I kind of was like, what do I do now? I have a human that I am I have to pick up at 6 p.m. because that's the time the daycare closes. And then I they need to be fed and bathed and put to sleep. And so there aren't the same time, I mean, you have more time constraints as a mother, for sure. But I think even as you grow and mature in your business, and you start to kind of see, because I, I think that it's easy to kind of say mothers, you know, have this different, these shifting priorities. And, and in a lot of ways, that mentality is why they're often penalized in in the legal industry, especially. But anybody, right? I always like, had a I had a little secretary I worked in my firm who wanted to go to yoga at four o'clock on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I was like, I think that's cool. You should do it. But the partners were like, that's a, that's not okay. And it's weird because I thought, you know, she's motivated to get her work done before she leaves because she's not going to leave if she doesn't have her work done. She's healthy, you know, mentally and and physically and emotionally if she can go and do this thing for her. So I would I do think that the this nature of the billable hour really shifts us into this more, more, more mentality. And it's hard to break out of that, even if companies are, are shifting and firms are shifting into, you know, not as unreasonable requirements or, you know, I do flat fee billing, so it's not, you know, you're not as focused on that, but it's still really ingrained in our minds and it's hard to break out of that.
1: You know, this is interesting because like, There's a couple different that came up, Karen, when you were talking about the billable hour, because I've seen it work both ways, like one in a way that is like a penalization. But I've also seen like I have one client I'm thinking in particular, she has both the flat rate matters and billable matters, but she is making more money, but she's cut back her time in the practice. Right. And she's billing more but she's cut back time in her own practice. She didn't have like a clock watcher. I think that there's a mentality in these firms. It's like, it's the exact same thing, right? It's like work harder, work longer, right? And so you have some of the leadership in these firms saying, well, if you're leaving at yoga at four o'clock, I mean, we could have gotten an extra hour or two out of you. (laughs) Right. Versus they're not thinking of the bigger picture of you might get those two hours on a Tuesday but you're not going to get the five hours on the Friday when she's so burnt out that she's not even going to want to be able to look at her computer like the, There's just this disconnect between being present, like you said, and wanting that short term gain versus the longevity of a person in their career, the investment that they've put in an attorney up front to train them, to connect them with clients versus thinking about. Oh, well, if I, I, they don't do these two hours this week, well, that's just not acceptable. And she's just going to want to leave the firm. And this is a mentality I think we've got to get law firms on board with.
3: I think anecdotally, I can tell you that for me, I actually work less, but do bill more and make more and I'm a better lawyer for my clients. So my average schedule before at my prior partnership, I was doing seven to seven. And I was constantly on. My email was the first thing I checked. I would, you know, put my phone down at seven. But then there were partnerships, group chats, up until ten or eleven at night. So now my schedule is nine to four, nine to four thirty ish. Sometimes maybe I take some after hours comments or calls, but very rarely. Um, And I'm supported in that decision because my partners are similar minded, but also the productivity and the dollar bottom line is there. So I'm actually working smarter during that time and being more productive. And then I'm also not sort of leading into this rat race of the overbill and the constantly chasing the dollar and, you know, having clients not being able to, you know, get what they need from me. So I have happier clients. They are more, you know, ready and willing to follow my advice and pay my bills. And you know I'm happier as well, so I'm again not facing the burnout. And I think what you just described, Dina, about you know the end of the week and heading to that brick wall—that's exactly that's exactly what was happening. And I love the example you gave, Karen, about going to yoga. My law partners and I actually go to ballet twice a week during the workday, from ten thirty to eleven thirty on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and when one of my partners suggested that at first, there was this innate reaction to me like, Oh no, no, we can't do that. It's the work day. What are we doing here? But, um, once I started getting into it and realizing that it was so much better for my mental health and I was able to take that one hour to not look at my phone, it's, it's been fantastic.
2: It's funny that you say that because I just, I did Pilates for years, but I did like five 30 AM before the work day. And I'm I'm not a morning person. I never have been. I'm a night owl. And it was awful. And my husband and encouraged me, like, you run your own business. You can do this in the middle of your day. So I drop the kids off at school and then I do an 8:30 to 9 30 class. And actually, I couldn't do it this morning because of this. So I'm doing a noon class. Like, why not? But it is hard to get in that mentality. I mean, I've been running my own business for years and I still am like, but I need to be available in the middle of the day. Yeah. But it that hour, just the disconnect and not feeling tied to your desk. And it helps me be so much more productive in the after, especially I keep thinking like that afternoon, you know, slump is when you can get an hour away. I even try to tech, cause I'm still guilty of, you know, the lunch, eating at the desk very often and being productive, right. Go, go, go. But when I do, you know, even I work at home a lot. So I sit in my backyard, you know relax, enjoy a little sunshine. And it's really incredible what that can do for your productivity when you have even just a 10 or 15 minute break. It doesn't have to be an hour every day in the middle of your day, but even just a 10 or 15 minute mental break to step away. And then you come back and you're so much more productive. And I think I'm hearing the same theme, which is all of us are more successful financially, more productive in fewer hours. And it's kind of like I mean, and you see the, the statistics, right? The science behind it says that people don't do more than 40 hours, like they can't do more than 40 hours a week, that they burn out, you know, at more than eight hours a day. And so why, if we know all of that, why aren't we shifting to that mentality? And I think that you have that plus just the inherent kind of busy equals successful mentality, especially in the legal industry. And I know that I see, cause I work with a lot of people kind of in the online space. so. There's a big shift in this world that it's not cool to be busy, but I think that that still hasn't resonated with the legal industry. And it's kind of like if you were at, you know, a legal networking event and said, "Oh, you know, I did ballet class three days this week in the middle of the day, and then I pick my kids up at four, and uh, we live really close to Disneyland. So we have passes. We go to, I pick my kids up sometimes early from you know, they don't go to aftercare and we go to Disneyland. And there's kind of this mentality, like, Are you successful? Are you a good lawyer? You know, and it's like, yeah, I actually am still quite successful and I am still a great lawyer. I just have more control over my time. And I think that that's hard to, it's still hard to grasp because I feel that way. Like, am I, am I being a good attorney and business owner? If I'm taking time for myself in the middle of the week, that's, it's hard to still feel good about that. Yeah,
1: I, as you were saying that, Karen, I was just thinking about like this disconnect we have from ourselves that I notice, it, it's pretty much universal and it makes sense. I mean, we've got social media disconnecting, you know, us from human interactions. We've got like the news that distance us from like real human con- contact. And we just like are trained to judge what's happening in the world. But like, there's this fear that if we're not busy, that something is wrong versus connecting with ourselves and understanding, no, it's busy. Being busy is what's wrong. Yeah. Like, like there is this, like we've have it flipped upside down. And I saw this when I was in my office, you know, I'd ask somebody in the elevator, like, how are you doing? And they'd be, oh, busy. <laughs> you know, I was like busy, like, like, it, like something was wrong if they weren't busy. Right. And so if, until we can, Like, like all of you are doing, you're, you're finding ways to connect through the day and connect with yourselves. And it allows you to connect better with your clients, the other humans in your office, the other humans at home. Like until we start connecting with that real life better, I think we're just going to be like at the mercy of busy.
0: Or in society that pressures us to be productive right? Like that's kind of the other thing I wanted to talk with you all about is the word productivity, right? And being productive. Um, I did look up the definition of um, productivity and on Wikipedia, which, you know, everything on Wikipedia is correct, but this is what Wikipedia (laughs) says. Um, Productivity is the efficiency of production of goods or services expressed by some measure. Measurements of productivity are often expressed as a ratio of an aggregate output to a single input or an aggregate input, aggregate input used in a production process. That is output per unit of input typically over a specified period of time. Right like so that is such a formal def- definition and we're like striving towards productivity but to me productivity is just this ethereal thing. It's more qualitative, whereas this definition seems very quantitative. And I'm wondering if we are as a society or even us as lawyers or, or, you know, female professionals, if we're just, there's, we're experiencing too much of an emphasis on productivity. Like everywhere you look, there's like productivity apps, right? Like how to be more productive. Here's time management, all of the things, right? Would you all
3: agree? I totally do. And I will say the idea of busy equals success and productivity is success is a uniquely American thing. This does not happen in other countries. And there was actually a meme that was circulating around. It was like an American out of office. And it was like, thank you for your email. I'm having kidney surgery tomorrow, but I'll be back two hours afterwards to get to your email. And then it was like, what's the comparison of the European out of office? I'll be out of office for three months. Don't contact me or expect to reply. So it's very uniquely American and we're laughing about it, but it's so true. And that's where we're getting a lot of the ingrained things that we're practicing. And we can all sit here and talk about how we're managing our time and trying to do things to take breaks, but it is not easy. I still have a voice in the back of my head that nags me when I leave at four, or I don't want to turn my email back on, or I want to take a little longer for lunch. Um, But I I try to to self-talk and remind myself that I'm more productive when I take that time and it's okay. No one is judging me. This is all just me. It's all coming from me, but it doesn't help when society's like that. And I think the other thing that we all forget is the 40-hour work week was a founded idea from Henry Ford back in like the, you know, industrial era of the factory worker. And the other thing that people forget is the 40-hour workweek was set up for the, the laborer who didn't have to do it all. So that person had you know, a spouse at home taking care of the home or the children. And now we have to do all of it in that 40 hour work week. So we we're continuing to use the confines of our structure that just hasn't evolved with our society. Now women are in the workforce, you know, more than men. And we need the help in that 40 hour work week to do everything because we can't do it all. We don't have the same luxury that those original 40 hour workers had.
2: And Diana, that you like tied in, I thought so nicely to Susie's uh, productivity definition, because that's exactly what I was thinking is that this was really from like the assembly lines of the industrial era, exactly what you're saying. And that it was basically like X number of widgets created in X number of hours. And with, especially with kind of the knowledge workers, which lawyers fall into, it's it's not a direct widget to time spent mm-hmm. so it makes it harder to quantify what is productive in our work right is it productive if you build eight hours today but I only build four but I developed really strong relationships with our clients that are going to last now for the next five ten plus years you know and it's hard to to really quantify a lot of the work that we do And, and I know that I find this when I am feeling really burnt out in a week, I feel like it's not ethically right for me to be doing the work because if I'm not focused, am I writing a contract that's, that's correct, that's proper. That's so I have been giving myself grace to say, I need to step away from this and give myself a break and take a walk or to do to, you know, regroup and that, I do think is it's hard to measure that productivity because now something that a might have taken me three hours if I tried to do it, burnt out, it only took me you know an hour and a half. That obviously measures productivity right there. And two is, would it have been even good if I tried to power through and do the work? Am I providing the right advice to my client or the right you know contractual clauses? I'm a transactional attorney, obviously, but and and I think that I have certainly had to change that, but I have the luxury of doing that because I am my own boss. And I think that trying to, you know, how do you take this? We all kind of run our own businesses. And obviously I know, I know you're, you're a partner, but you have like-minded partners that that want to run the firm and, and presumably any associates that work for you are, are being given the same, mm-hmm. you know, um, luxury of of having that mentality. But how do you send that message to the legal industry as a whole? And how do you make that shift?
0: Let's take a quick pause for a message from my sponsor, Prominent Practice.
4: Are you thinking about a career transition from big law or partnership to a solo practice? Selling your practice, or maybe you're launching a project unrelated to law. Whatever the reason for your transition, you'll need support along the way. Enter Prominent Practice, an executive consulting and marketing firm specializing in branding, positioning, and reputation management for transitioning attorneys. Founded by a female entrepreneur who spent a decade building smart digital platforms for thought leaders before pivoting to focus on high-end service providers who were preparing for successions, mergers, and acquisition events in their businesses. If you're thinking about making a big business move, don't risk losing the ability to leverage the reputation you've spent your career building. Let Prominent Practice be your guide. Visit prominentpractice.com slash blist for an exclusive introduction.
2: And I know that some of the really big firms, some big law firms are making, you know, interesting strides. I find that really unique because I worked for a a boutique firm when I uh, worked before I, I went on my own. And they didn't have the same uh, resources to to provide that kind of flexibility to, you know, mothers. They don't have like a ramp up period for, I mean, I had to negotiate my own mm-hmm. maternity leave. I apologize for being pregnant, you know, like it was, I was the only female attorney, so it was a whole different thing. But um, but I do think you have the big law, there's kind of like some that are moving toward more unique ways of practicing law, but then you have some that are still very traditional. And then you have smaller firms and some are doing, and I think Diana, yours is a great example. And I do think a lot of them are female led because they have a more unique perspective to create kind of different types of productivity, different types of qualitative KPIs, you know, for their attorneys. But then you also have small firms that maybe would be interested in it, but they don't necessarily have the resources. You know, my firm all but replaced me on my what was supposed to be only eight weeks of maternity leave because they didn't have anybody else to do the work. They needed to hire somebody. Um, they, we worked it out in the end um, when they, I don't know, they told me they thought I wasn't coming back. And I like literally was emailing on my BlackBerry while I was in labor. So I don't know what made them think that. But I do think that there's kind of this balance, right? Like the traditional big law that just is like work, 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 hours, hours, hours you know, we pay you handsomely. This is what you owe us. Like kind of the fraternity mentality. I did it so you can do it. And then the smaller firms that might be interested, but don't really have the resources or they don't know how to implement that because it's just a couple of partners, maybe a couple of associates, and they don't know how to implement that. So I think that's where I'm really passionate about. How do you take what we know as business owners and implement it? Obviously, Diana's a great example is that you are implementing it for your firm and the rest of your team. And that's a great example, but how do we share that with the rest of the industry and make those changes so that the attorneys coming up newer attorneys are going to have a better experience and, and we can help shift the mentality in the industry as a whole.
1: I think this is part of it, right? Like Susie, having a conversation like this so that there's an opportunity for us to talk about, Exactly, what's going on, not only in the firms, right? Like, what's possible, how you can grow while taking care of your people and taking better care of your clients. And Diana illustrated this great is like how we talk to ourselves, right? Like, what kind of judgment are we putting on ourselves for not achieving what we think we should be achieving, right? Versus like recognizing, no, the only way that I create what I want is if I am taking care of myself and this is something that's required if I want to create the success that I want in my practice, the success I want in my relationships. I think this is like a, a great starting date. I,
3: I agree. I know it's going to be a slow process, but I think when I came out of school in like the 2008 recession era, we started to see, I think, the first wave of like big law crumbling. And that's when some of the firms went under. And that's why a lot of people in my era went out on their own, because we didn't have that option. But I think aside from fantastic communities, like what Susie's created, and these conversations with attorneys from across the country, I think the other thing is, if we keep implementing this mentality in our firms, and we keep drawing the talent and drawing the employees, then there really won't be be anyone left to go to the big firms and to do that. And if we're competitive on our level and our like-minded, you know, mindset and mantra, then it forces the other firms that if they want to hire and they want competitive employment packages, then they have to do that as well. And again, that's not going to happen overnight, but I think if we keep showing them what's there, like, for me, we have an associate attorney at my firm and she went to Drexel Law School in Philly and she still stays in touch with the other people she went to school with. And they compare notes. They do talk about what their employers are doing. So when we're now looking to hire someone else, is my associate gonna talk about what our package looks like? And then maybe that person at the big firm or the firm that doesn't subscribe to that mentality is gonna start thinking, oh, well, wait a minute, I, I can have different than what I have now. And either that results in a conversation with her current employer or with, you know, a a jump to a different firm. So I think that's the starting grassroots part of this.
0: So I think kind of one of the anecdotes to this striving towards productivity that we seem to have so ingrained in us, (laughs) um, whether we realize it or not, you know, at least until we were able to kind of, become aware of our own thinking about it at least. And it sounds like, um, Diana, you are right. Cause you kind of note it, you'll notice yourself and you'll be able to kind of shift your mind when you're, when you're thinking, well, maybe I should forego, you know, our ballet lessons today and, and, uh, you know, work, but I'm curious. I, I want to talk about playtime a little bit, because I think that as adults, um, we don't do this enough. I'd love to talk with you all a little bit about where you permit playtime in your life, what it looks like, um, and how you think it impacts your, should I say it productivity at the end of the day? Cause there I go, right? Like it's just there.
1: (laughs) Maybe if we call it like getting our brain on board with what we want to do or something like
3: that. Right. (laughs) I like that you're calling it play like I don't even really think of it that way but you know when you said that and I was trying to think my answer uh, I have a very literal answer I play with my toddler she's three and a half and you give her you know your full attention and we're just being silly. that I think to me is super helpful it grounds me at the end of the day oftentimes when I end my workday I don't have a lot of time between like decompressing what was happening with me at work between before I pick her up or I'm with her. So just that first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of, of time with her where she's so pure, that's really helpful. Um, I, I also have obviously my own guilty pleasures. I just spent the last weekend at BravoCon in New York City, you know, with the, the reality <laughs> TV stars there. So there's things Good. like that, but yeah, it was fun but I like that you used the word play, that's nice.
1: I love that they have a convention for that. I had no <laughs> <Yeah>. idea.
0: <laughs> I, I love that you mentioned playing with your um, little girl as that kind of centering you. I don't have children, but I get to play with children on the weekend and it definitely um, centers me. So I'm like, okay, do we can we like create a rent-a-child business here, right? <laughs> here, you can play with my three-year-old, right? I don't know. It's just for me just getting to kind of be a kid and break out the Legos or the Dominoes, right? Or like rather than running at the track, but just running outside for the sake of running with my six-year-old nephew um, can be just, you know, it, it sort of is that antidote towards my drive towards productivity, right? Because it's, in some ways, it's it's a little Zen-like. It can be, because it it relaxes my brain so much it, it is almost like a meditative thing so karen you're also um a mom i'm curious um about what your thoughts are on that are you ready <laughs> to rent your children out to people who I, I was going to say
2: you're you're welcome to rent my children anytime yeah. you want but mine are 9 and 6 so not as like adorable as as toddlers no they're, they're actually in a you really at this point they're like we're not playing with her. You're not oh, no, we love we actually my kids love we're we've' got like board games, galore, and card games, and we do family game night basically any night and actually we my husband and I both are in kind of like high achieving high stress roles, and we kind of came together, particularly in the pandemic, to kind of say, let's reassess here like we i mean, with all due respect to both what we both do, we're not saving lives, and you know, we don't need the phone to to, you know, make sure like from, you know, 6 PM to when my kids go to bed at eight, there's just really no reason, uh, to, to be attached to our work. And so we really took the time to, and we've always had kind of a no phone at dinner and stuff, but really took the time to let's do family game night. Let's play together. Let's goof off. We do like dance parties sometimes. Um, and I actually was going to say, I do really look forward to that, but I'm what I'm finding is that I really have to break up my day, uh, you know, the the nature of law. And I think this is probably true in any area of law, especially obviously in, in more, you know, intense areas like prosecution or family law, you know, I, corporate transactions aren't that emotionally intense, but it's really like high functioning work, right? You can't, There's not, there's not anything that's kind of monotonous, like I'm just going to do some data entry today because I don't feel like working. And so allowing myself to take those breaks midday or midweek has been a a game changer for me. And just like you said, right, it is kind of the playtime, whatever that might look like. I really love to uh, I loved, I love Disneyland, probably even more than my kids. Uh, so, so I actually have a, a girlfriend who also runs her own business and has flexibility. And she and I often just meet for a few hours at Disneyland and have lunch and a drink and go on a couple rides and go home. And it, to break up my day is like, it's honestly amazing how much I can get done when I come home, you know, at 3 PM. And I'm like from three to five, I get so much done because it was literal play um, and I do think that that's important to allow us that it doesn't have to just be like, oh, this is my end of the day reward for being productive today to kind of allow you to do that. I have even back in like the corporate world where people couldn't just kind of, you know, leave at three, cause they weren't feeling it. Um, which I'm also passionate about, like, why not? Um, but they, I had a couple of colleagues that were, they'd bring their workout shoes and they just like in their suit put their workout shoes on and go for a walk every single day without fail kind of during their afternoon slump. And so I think play is especially good, but also just kind of freedom to regroup and to reset is really important in however that looks like. I know some people just want to like browse Instagram for 30 minutes or whatever that might look like, whatever resets you, but to, to own that and to let yourself have that is really important.
3: Hmm. I'm very jealous of your proximity to Disneyland. That's awesome. Me too. <laughs> I'm just going to fly over for a day and meet you there one day for,
0: for whatever you want. <laughs> yes. Dina, you know what about uh, you? What's your, what's your play look like?
1: So I have a lot of things like that I do intentionally and sometimes I don't feel like doing them, but I make myself do them anyway. Like taking my dog on a walk every morning. Um, I'll sometimes take pauses and play with him in the yard. I'll go, you know, I, I love plants. So I bring some of that into my workspace. And, you know, I know I see you do that, Susie, <laughs> really well. <laughs> um, But like things that I could never do as a prosecutor, like take a nap in the middle of the day. And I have to really get my brain on board because there's like this sometimes I would feel guilty and I just have to be like, no, like I'm OK. Like this is OK. I'm allowed to do this. Right. And at the office, you would have to find a way to just do whatever it is, grind through whatever's happening. Even if you didn't sleep well the night before, whatever's happening, it's like, no, you've got to get your brain on board and push through. But I don't I have a choice. Right. Like I have a choice. I have the opportunity to do that, you know, or like I love Diana's firm. It's like, oh, no, this is our time to like go and get reinvigorated and go to ballet class. Um, but those kinds of things are super necessary for me. And it's, it's work for me to play, right? Like it, it just is. and And that's okay. I just have to remind myself like, no, this is, this is part of the reason I'm here on this planet is to enjoy myself. I'm not here to be a robot and just work. And I'm actually going to connect better with other people and help people better if I'm connected with myself. So do this work, do the meditation, even if you don't feel like it, go into the yard and play. Even if you don't feel like it, you will come back better.
0: Do you think that work will get better for, get easier for you, Gina over time? Because you have not been out of like kind of that hardcore criminal prosecutor role for, for super long.
1: Um, it's interesting. I know it's been better over the years, right? Like even even as, because I was building my business on top of my criminal law practice. So I was already seeing a difference. I had to make the difference. Otherwise I would not have been able to do the both, mm-hmm. right? Like if I didn't consciously make sure that I was taking breaks, taking a day off and doing zero work on that day, I would not have been able to create a business where I could have left that practice. Mm-hmm. And so really, I just know that, my brain likes; it thinks that things are going to be better if I just work really hard, right? If I just keep working, things are going to be great, and I just have to catch myself and be like, "No, you know better." Like this is just that old thought that comes up sometimes, and that's okay. Like you just you just reconnect with yourself and bring yourself back, and it'll be fine.
3: I, just to add on to that, aside from talking to ourselves, I think also we have to train our clients too, and there's an expectation of immediacy and response time. So I know. If- For me, I mean, I curate my clients specifically anyway, but um, I think I really let clients know when I'm available. So I used to, when I first started out as a solo, I used to draft the email, but not send it until the next day, even if I was doing it later at night. And that's something else that's a conscious decision to do because the email can pop up and your immediate response is I got to have, I got to respond now and that's i think also part of the productivity wheel that we're all you know stuck on sometimes so it's not just the self talk to take the break but it's also to train the client or the interactor that you're, you're working with to say, no, I'm not going to do this, you know, immediately. And then you'll start to see that they don't send you the emails after hours as much, or they don't send the follow-up to say, Hey, I need you to reply now. Or they start to recognize that you're still doing the work it's getting done and done well. And they didn't need to bother you at nine 30 at night.
2: I am the queen of the schedule. Send I'm all Google suite. And (laughs) I used to use, like there used to be a kind of a, add-on that was called Boomerang, but they, they integrated it a few years ago. And it's like, even this is a a funny little trick because sometimes if I'm already in my email and I see something and I can just like my brain's on and I can just respond, but I'm like, I don't want them to see that four minutes after they sent this. So I'll schedule it out for an hour or two hours or three hours from now, because that's me just trying to create my own boundaries. Like, yes, I happen to have seen it. Yes. I could respond, but I don't want to create a relationship where they think that, you know, it, within one hour, I'm going to respond because that's not reasonable in general. And mm-hmm. so I am like, literally last night I was working until like 10 and I had like 12 scheduled emails for 8am this morning. Cause I'm like, just, I don't want people to know that I'm available or working at 10 o'clock at night. That's for me. That's to create my own version of productivity, but that's mm-hmm. not for them.
0: <laughs> I'm a big fan of the boomerang myself. Um, And it's funny because when when I figured that the beauty of Boomerang, right, or, you know, scheduling out emails and whatever kind of app you're using, I I remember thinking how when I was an associate in a law firm, that it was almost like a badge of honor to be sending out an email response to partners at nine o'clock at night or on a Saturday afternoon, you know, and Now it's like, there's no, and I'm the same way Karen, you know, like sometimes I'll look at an email, I'll I'll peek or, you know, maybe I am working a little late, but like, I don't want the client thinking I'm going to be like a five minute responder, right. Or that I'm working late into the night. That's just not a great expectation to create unless like, you know, you're a firm that that wants to create that type of relationship with their clients. Right. But be very cautious um, if you do and check out Boomerang. It's a great app.
3: I'm a fan. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Guys, you know, this has been such a fun conversation because we didn't talk about tips for productivity, right? Mm -hmm. Or what can we do to increase our productivity? Or how can we, uh, you know, what what hinders our productivity? Because there are thousands of websites out there that are going to give you a ton of tips about how to do all of that, all of the productivity things. So I want to thank all of you for coming here and talking about your personal experiences um, with the, the, should we call it the P word? <laughs> 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 that kind of sounds weird. Um, but okay, so I, let me ask you just kind of like as a parting question. Um, I'm curious, what should we, what do you, rather than pro, productivity <laughs> in air quotes, rather than striving towards that, what, what do you want to strive towards, um, instead, like what is important to you?
1: I am going to say problem solving, mm. right? So like when we think about our week, we rarely think about it as a puzzle. We think about it as how much can we cram into this week and get done versus how can we make our lives easier? So if we're looking at our week ahead and we're saying, okay, well, there's these things, these tasks I want to accomplish, how can I make my life easier? I can start problem solving and say, well, maybe I need to get this call done first, prioritize that so I can have this by the end of the week. Maybe I need to connect with this person because that's going to help me get what I need to finish this project. So if we think about productivity as more of just problem solving ahead of time, I think we can create something that feels more even handed and more connected.
2: And I think like, if you stay on the P uh, alliteration, then, and you kind of touched on it, you know, that prioritizing and that can be your work or your play or whatever, you know, needs to fit in, but it, it doesn't have to be more. It's just put things in the priority that makes sense for you in that moment, in that time, and I always tell people that, right, is is what works today might not work next week, next month or that next year. So just to give yourself the flexibility to prioritize differently as different kind of seasons come up.
3: Yeah. Uh, This doesn't start with a P, but I I think of balanced expectations. You know, I um, look at my week ahead and know what I need to get done and what I'd like to get done. Um, And I really have to train myself to think, if I don't get it all done, like what's the real consequence? As Karen said, you know, we do important work, but are we really saving lives? I I don't know. But so to me, not catastrophizing, you know, an item unchecked on my to-do list is a big piece of it. Um, and really prioritizing, you know, what I'm going to do, but balancing that with an expectation of maybe, you know, my daughter's going to get sick and I'm going to have to pick her up or maybe, you know, uh, uh opposing counsel is going to file an emergency pleading that i wasn't expecting on my radar that week. So have, being able to pivot and do you know what you can while not you know chastising yourself if it doesn't get done.
2: And I'm
0: not going to okay. chastise you for not using a P word. I thought that was <laughs> use pivot. I think
1: she can pivot. use pivot on that one. Oh, I, <laughs> there like we that. Go.
0: I like that. There we go. <laughs> I would say, and again, this would not be a P word unless Dina can come up with a P word for us here. <laughs> um, it, like, I want to try to start thinking about like, where can I create value, right? For my clients and just anything that I'm working on. Um, Dina, come on. Let's come on. Oh, with okay.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize I had that. Um, you're, you're
0: on the spot. <laughs> no. You know,
1: like when we're creating value, we're really thinking about Problem solving for them, yeah, yeah. Right? it's just another way of problem solving and and thinking differently about like what it is they need and how we can provide that provide, provide that provide, for they like right.
0: that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And one thing I wanted to say about Karen Karen's comment, you know, your kind of your calendar changing um, and being ready for that. Dina, one of your podcast episodes, I'm looking back here on some of my notes, I think it was. Episode 215. Um, you'd mentioned like time as a social construct in that episode. And then also kind of that importance of giving yourself grace, right? Like when your calendar, you know, you might say that you want to plan for the week on Sunday night, but it might not happen, right? Like giving yourself that flexibility, that grace to, to not be beholden to everything. <clears throat> on your calendar, right? And using it as a tool, like not as something that is necessarily owning you. So that was a really you gave some really great t- tips in that episode. So I recommend um if anyone's listening to this to go listen to Be a Better Lawyer um podcast with Dina. And that one was episode 215. It was really good. Well thank you very much guys thank you all again so much for being here and i think that this was a really fun inaugural episode um of the legally bliss conversations roundtable so thank you all again thank you thank you, Bye guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on legally bliss conversations if you love this episode and you want to hang out with other inspiring and light gold female attorneys be sure to join the Legally Bliss community at legallybliss.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Susie Nixon. See you next time.